Hello and welcome to Prince Track by Track. I'm your host Darren and today we're going to be talking about Sometimes It Snows in April, the final track from Parade, music from the motion picture Under the Cherry Moon, recorded on the 21st of April 1985 at Sunset Sound and released on the 31st of March 1986. Obviously the date the 21st of April will be relevant to any Prince fans because obviously uh, that was what, I don't know, 30 something years before he died. And on the track we have Prince with Wendy and Lisa. The track is 6 minutes 50, which um, for an album that is basically about 40 minutes long, that is a lot of real estate given over to one song. And joining me to talk about this uh, track is Max Jenikoff. Hello, Max. Hi. I think it's fairly obvious when we talk about the genre of Sometimes It Snows in April that it's a ballad. Given the kind of subject matter, I wouldn't say, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's like a love ballad, but it's a little bit of like a story song. And, you know, the, it's funny because the phrase Sometimes It Snows in April, uh, obviously, if you live in minnesota that's not a remarkable statement to make (laughs) (laughs) you know that's kind of run of the mill yeah of course i mean i wouldn't even say sometimes it snows in april (laughs) i would say pretty much it's always snowy in april and there have been some times in recent years where it snowed over here in the uk uh, in april and i always immediately think sometimes it snows in april and in fact i've said that to people when they've talked about the snow in april and i I just said to them sometimes it snows in april (laughs) and they don't get the reference but you know it doesn't matter because it makes me uh chuckle on the inside but yeah so um you know kind of a tragic kind of ballad uh talking about how uh christopher tracy although never identified as christopher tracy in the song just merely called tracy died soon after a long fought Civil War is how Prince um, opens it up, <laughs> um, and I that that is I mean it's it's nothing to, that's not what happens in the film. He, <laughs> like he gets shot by some henchmen and and dies in the arms of um, of Kristen Scott Thomas, um, and then you know uh, in heaven they sing the song Mountains. Like I mean, you know, this, this song has absolutely no, um, you know, relevance to the film in any way, aside from the fact that it identifies Tracy. Uh, and it says that, you know, just after I'd wiped away his last tear. So obviously the person telling the story um, is the person, you know, in who in whose arms Christopher Tracy has died. Uh, and it says, you know, I guess he's better off than he was before, a whole lot better than the fools he left here. It's funny because, like, um, you know, when it came to, you know, the next time Prince did a soundtrack, um, officially, because obviously, you know, Sign of the Times kind of unofficially a soundtrack, but officially, um, when next time he did a soundtrack, Prince, uh, he didn't make the songs more narratively relevant, but he <laughs> at least used samples from the film to make it seem like the songs were part of the film, Um Whereas in this case, he, you know, we have this description of Tracy dying after a, a civil war and all this kind of stuff. And it it really does not reflect what happened in the film. Um, and also it makes Christopher Tracy out to be, you know, a kind of more noble. Yeah, really cool guy. Yeah, than, than he actually is portrayed by Prince. You know, the, the, the narrator of this song says, I used to cry for Tracy because he was my only friend. Um, those kind of cars don't pass you every day. I used to cry for Tracy because I wanted to see him again. But sometimes, sometimes life ain't always the way. Um, I mean, there's not much. There's a lot of use of the word sometimes over and over again in this song. But I, I don't know. It just seems like uh, I. I mean, I would compare it to you know, um, Revenge of the Sith, where uh, you know Anakin's mother just dies because she dies. You know, like there's no 
real kind of explanation as to why Christopher Tracy had to die. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't have brought up that uh, that comparison necessarily because that is like a, a convenient plot device maybe, but this is just sort of, I don't know, I, I guess this is a convenient plot device so that Prince could write this song or use this song in the movie or something. <laughs> and I mean, it's odd that this is the final track on the album, but in the in the film... Mountains is the song that plays over the credits, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a bit more upbeat and, um, you know, obviously uh, something I haven't said yet about, which is the music. And it is heavily kind of piano based. Um, You know, when the song opens, there's kind of like this very long intro um, with Prince kind of um, singing a few notes and kind of, you know, just kind of playing around um, before he finally kind of takes a breath and then starts singing the actual, you know, the, the first verse. Um, and, you know, in once the chorus hits, which is, you know, sometimes it snows in April. Sometimes I feel so, so bad. Sometimes I wish that life was never ending and all good things, they say, never last. It's, it, I mean, after Prince's death, it's kind of hard to hear those words being sung by Prince, you know, particularly sometimes I wish life was never ending. And not at least kind of feel something because, um, you know, the song has an entirely different kind of context if you're thinking about, you know, Prince's death rather than Christopher Tracy's death. Because Christopher Tracy is just a terrible person. Um, you know, he's 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 a kind of arrogant gigolo who thinks he's way more charming than he is. And, you know, who essentially his death is really the only good thing that happens in the entire <laughs> film to that Christopher Tracy kind of does. But, you know, dying is about the only real good thing that he could he could actually do in the film, um, you know. But it, in this song, you know, the kind of the idea of uh, Prince talking about, you know, life, wishing that life is never ending has a completely different meaning, you know, um, after his death. You know, when he when he did die, you know, there were a few people who um, who kind of paid tribute to Prince by covering this song. Um, you know, Wendy and Lisa in particular, they've sung it a few times at concerts. Uh, Maya Rudolph's group Princess did a, a version with D'Angelo on, um, I think it was uh, The Late Show, where, you know, uh, D'Angelo kind of couldn't sing some of the words. Um, you know, he actually substituted the word Tracy with Prince. Um, you know, kind of really, really yeah. kind of hammering home the point. Doesn't quite scan, but so yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, obviously that that he, you know, he felt that was an appropriate kind of um, you know tribute to Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the lyrics do kind of take on a different meaning. Um, but you know, it's funny because because they really they're kind of so completely irrelevant to the film, and and it feels like such a weird way for the album to finish. Um, you know, particularly because it's so halting. Prince kind of keeps leaving these gaps. Um, and, you know, when he gets back to the verses and he says, springtime was always my favorite time of year, a time for lovers holding hands in the rain. Now springtime only reminds me of Tracy's tears. Always cry for love, never cry for pain. <laughs> I, it, which seems a little bit mawkish to me, but I mean... <laughs> Uh, you know, I, it, it's it's kind of funny that um, you know this is this is how Prince in previous you know the if you remember the end of um, Around the World in a Day we finish with the ladder followed by Temptation like that's a <laughs> kind of an odd way to finish an album but at least it has you know it's like a, a nice long and obviously Purple Rain you know finished off Purple Rain you know there there are a lot of kind of kind of final songs that Prince has that 
um, you know, and we'll talk about this on the next album, you know, when you get to, um, uh, you know, Adore um, or, uh, you know, Positivity or even Bat Dance, you know, like there are really good kind of like final songs that Prince does on albums. And this feels like such a kind of weird outlier because, <laughs> because it has this weird kind of like mawkish kind of slow, um, you know, kind of piano ballad that kind of just feels completely, un- completely untethered from the rest of the album and has nothing to do with the film and yet constantly keeps talking about Christopher Tracy as though he was, you know, someone special. <laughs> and I, I mean, I do like when he gets to the kind of almost like a middle eight where he, he goes back up into his higher register and he sings, he used to say so strong and frayed today, unafraid of death that left me hypnotized. No staring at his picture, I realized no one could cry the way my Tracy cried. Um, you know, and then we get back to the chorus, um, <laughs> and uh, the line that made D'Angelo kind of break down was when he said, "I often dream of heaven, and I know that Prince is there, and you know, I know that he has found another friend. Maybe he's found the answer to the April snow. Maybe one day I'll see my Tracy again. Um, you know, and I, I, I think you know the idea that somehow Christopher Tracy is." you know, in heaven, searching for the mystery as to why it snows in April <laughs> is such a kind of odd sentiment. Um, yeah. But, you know, at the, at the same time, you know, it, it makes about as much sense as the rest of the song. When we get to the end of the song, there is this weird kind of halting end where Prince sings, all good things they say never last. And it feels like the end of the song. And then he suddenly comes back in and goes, and love, it isn't love until it's past. And you think he's going to come back in one more time, but he doesn't. <laughs> and the sun, the sun just kind of fades out, and that's the end of the yeah, album. It's like six fifty is enough. We don't need to stretch this out any further. <laughs> but you know, it is. It is just kind of, um, you know. I think you know from Prince's you know point of view, you know, this is obviously a song that he he really enjoyed because you know he played it on tour. Um, you know, he played it on tour before the album was even out. You know, he started playing this song on tour before people even knew what it was. Um, and then, you know, it, he played it a few times in the 90s. But from the 2000s until, you know, um, from the 2000s until his final tour, this was like a regular on his set list. You know, he played it constantly because, you know, obviously he's sitting at a piano. Uh, you know, he can get away with singing Sometimes It Snows in April and having, uh, you know, the crowd kind of join in. But yeah, you know, it's, to me, it's it's kind of interesting because he could have made the choice to really, um, I don't know, not recap the film, because obviously this is not the rap from the end of Dragnet. Um, <laughs> you know, this is this is not City of Crime, but he could have he could have at least kind of, you know, he could have mentioned Mary. He could have said something about Tricky. Like there could have been something where it would only take a couple of lines for him to make this feel like a song that's more about the film. Um, rather than putting it in this this kind of the narrative is from the person who has lost Christopher Tracy and is kind of um, you know talking about the kind of good qualities of this person who we have seen for ninety minutes be nothing but a dick to literally everybody you know in pat- in particularly the kind of the the rich elites. It makes me wonder if he like. Um just like wrote this entirely independent of the movie, kind of like he feels like how we do with Batman and he just threw in those like sound bites from the movie. Uh, like I don't know if he ever saw Batman um, in, in the pre- uh, repertory cuts, but uh, also like the albums. Like I don't know. I feel like he knew that like people would be listening to the album much more than they'd be seeing the movie. 
So like it's yeah. not great to end the like the uh, I don't know the album with like this guy was a dick, but hey, he was kind of cool. <laughs> like we we mentioned Batman, and that album came out pretty much at the same time as the film. Um, and you know, uh, Party Man and Bat Dance both got radio play, like in the the kind of the two weeks leading up to the release of the film. Like that was all coordinated to sell the film. You know, um, in this case, this album was released. You know, at the end of March, the film wasn't released until the first of July. <laughs> um, so you know, you've got April, May, and June. You've literally got three whole months where you know two singles were released in that time. And, you know, Prince had a number one with Kiss and, you know, people hadn't even seen the film. So, yeah, it does feel a lot more like Prince was not trying to hide the film, but there wasn't a kind of, you know, an effort to kind of coordinate everything like there had been with Purple Rain and like there would be with Batman. You know, like everything wasn't kind of coming out when it needed to be. It was kind of like, here's the album. In a few months, there'll be a film that goes with this, but don't worry yourself about that. You know, the fact that the album's called Parade and not Under the Cherry Moon, you know, Batman and, and Purple Rain and Graffiti Bridge and Sign of the Times, you know, they have the names of the kind of things that accompany them. The fact that Prince didn't call this album Under the Cherry Moon, and there is a song called Under the Cherry Moon on it, um, you know, it kind of, it feels like he was trying to distance it a little bit from the film. Not that he thought the film was bad, you know, um, there's no interviews anywhere where Prince is like, yeah, Under the Cherry Moon was a huge mistake. <laughs> he was in te- he was extremely proud of the work he did on that and Graffiti Bridge. You know, he he thought those were you know those were good films and he he put you know 100 into them. You know, it's not like Prince was trying to hide it, but it's just odd that you know the album was called Parade, and you know there are so many people, um, even some of the guests you know for this podcast who have never seen Under the Cherry Moon, <laughs> but they still love the album Parade, you know. I guess you're right, you know, put in, put in, you know, the lyrics so that they actually describe the film or, you know, are more accurate about Christopher Tracy, um, you know, probably, you know, wouldn't have made that much difference. But just for me, it just feels like, you know, there's, there was some potential for him to maybe put a little tiny bit of the film in there, just something so that people could, could kind of, uh, have their appetite whetted a little bit and be thinking, yeah. well, you know, who is this Christopher Tracy and, <laughs> and who is this Tricky and who, why are they talking about Mary, you know? And it's worth saying that, you know, considering that this song almost pushes seven minutes, there's only one minute and 18 seconds of it in the film. <laughs> uh, so as as is common with pretty much all the tracks off Parade, there's like there's barely anything of any of the songs in the film, uh, with the exception of Girls and Boys, where they actually, you know, perform it. Uh, for me, I mean, for sentimentally, I'd have to give this four out of five. Um, you know, I it is one of those songs, like you say, yeah, 650 is probably enough of it. It is a little bit kind of long. Um, but, you know, I, I think, um, you know, it's still a really well done song. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just Prince kind of, um, you know, sitting down at a piano and kind of putting out a nice ballad and, you know, the, the backing vocals are nice and, you know, Prince actually puts, you know, quite a lot of emotion into a lot of the, the kind of the singing in it as well. So I think that kind of sells it a little bit. Even if when you've seen the film, you have to say to yourself, I don't know what he was... <laughs> I don't understand what this song had to do with that film. Yeah, I'm... I'm, 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 I'm pretty much there with you i'd I'd maybe bump it up a little bit more if we can do like a four and a half or something because it's like just the harmonies and the in the chorus i think are just absolutely amazing and kind of ghostly like like when he when they sing wish just the word wish it just it's just like i don't know it gives me goosebumps 
And it's like a pretty musically yeah. complex song for as simple as it seems. Um, yeah, I I don't think anyone needs to see Under the Cherry Moon that much, really. Just <laughs> just find some gifts, and then you've got like I've got the best part of this movie. Just Prince smiling and some good clothes or something. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I think that the lyrics are a bit like yeah mawkish as you're saying um and but it's never really the lyrics that really sell a prince song to me at least it's really just what he brings to them the emotion behind there and as, as you were saying just he, he really sings he really sings this as like perfectly as possible i think it's just like he's he's quiet and almost monotone in a lot of it and then he just like goes off on his runs at the right times and yeah Okay, well, uh, I feel like that's about as much as we can possibly say about this song. It's interesting because, of course, you know, the next song that you hear from Prince, if you go chronologically, uh, and if you don't listen to a bunch of bootlegs of <laughs> whatever the, the various albums were that could have been released in 1987, almost exactly a year after this, and, you know, the next song is Sign of the Times. And that is so completely different from this. It's like a complete 180 from what's going on here. Um, you know, just Prince and a sampler and, you know, some kind of, oddly enough, some very relevant lyrics. Um, yeah, you yeah. Know, to, you know, <laughs> instead of kind of, you know, irrelevant kind of stuff about snowing in April, um, you know, there's there's actual kind of relevant lyrics from Prince, on, you know, the next time you hear him. You know, let's go to plugs then. Uh, is there anything you wish to plug, Max? Uh, not really. If you need a tutor, I've started tutoring recently. Um, if you need, like, t- help with your, uh, like... Your standardized testing, I can do that. But otherwise, just follow me on Twitter at, at Max Genicove. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you could email us, not sure why. Although, you know, if you want Max's details for tutoring, <laughs> um, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Otherwise, you know, the next time we will see you, we'll be talking about Sign of the Times. Um, you know, possibly my favorite Prince album of the entire 80s, if not his entire career. And, you know, we'll be talking about what was the next single that was released. Um, you know, the, the kind of the title track. Um, so iconic and, um, you know, such a such a great kind of opener to what I think most people will agree is... Uh, you know, a classic album. Hopefully you will join us for that. Thanks, Max, for joining me to talk about Sometimes It Snows in April. Thank you for having me here. And otherwise, goodbye. The life was never ending But all good things they say Never last Love is in love Until it's Love is in love until it's past. Love is in love until it's past.